0: I just want to find some initial inspiration
1: yeah wait let me check ah, look. what about this one our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark in our obscurity in all this vastness there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves Carl Sagan Ooh.
0: Therefore, we learn. Broadcasting, surprising experiences, deep thoughts, and heat learnings. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second episode. Uh, This is Valeria. And
1: this is Marco.
0: And today we're going to talk about uh, our journey towards sustainability. So... Um, we're gonna uh, discuss some of the habits that we've been adopting in the last years, uh, our opinions and thoughts uh, on this problem of sustainability and how we take care of the environment and we hope you guys enjoy it. Let's start! So I would actually like to start asking Marco because Marco is a biologist so he actually has both uh, more technical knowledge and also his personal opinion on uh, this protection of the environment and can you give us uh, a, a precise opinion or uh, yeah, point of view on why we should take care of the environment? Why do we care about that? What's the point about that?
1: Okay, uh, so from that point of view there are two main perspectives that a person needs to consider. And unfortunately, uh, only one of these two are actually uh, like strong enough to convince people. Uh, one aspect is the completely selfish perspective, which is we should care because otherwise we're going to die. You know, The really, really selfish perspective of our species is in danger because the planet that we're living on, it's, uh, it's not in a good shape.
0: But sorry, when you say we, you mean humans. Of course, okay. that's what
1: we're talking about when we're talking about humans. Okay. The other perspective would be uh, uh non-selfish, the more like, let's say altruistic point of view, which would be uh, we want to protect the environment because of a more altruistic point of view in the sense that we care about uh, the planet, we care about the environment, we care about the other species. Okay. Okay. It is true that the two perspectives are linked with each other because if we don't care about the other species and we don't care about the environment everything uh, changes back towards us and will of course affect us in a negative way. Yes. So in the end uh, either if you want to be altruistic or as selfish you should care about other species anyway. Yeah um but why do we do it personally well that's really you know depending on on each other point of view on the matter but personally i sit at uh, at a very altruistic uh, point of the scale i would say Uh, i am uh, very well aware of how ecosystems are built and how uh like very, very large chain reaction can um, uh, emanate from uh, rapid increases of temperature or uh, changes in uh, ocean acidity, or I don't know, humidity different, or like local pollutions increase, or those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually impressive how uh, ecosystems really depends on uh, a higher number of species. It's been proven that the more species are present in an ecosystem. The more stable that system is mm-hmm. and uh, if you start introducing pollution or if you start introducing uh, human for example i don't know deforestation or all those type of things and uh, you start reducing systematically the number of species that inhabit a place that system becomes more unstable and that's, uh, that's, that's a clear observation that we see you see uh, immense desertifications of areas you see i don't know Uh, oceans that become completely uh, inhospitable and there is literally not even like an algae living there and 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 those chain reactions happen really in a matter of uh, years and um, uh, it's a very very big effect and uh, unfortunately humans are not equipped with the knowledge most people don't know about it but even if you would know about it we're not equipped with the the time frame. It's a, it's a really weird time frame that this process happens. We always thought that this thing happened so slowly that we don't even realize it. And it's true because if things changes within 50, 60 years, you don't realize it because people have I don't know, a shorter time span in their, in their brain. Uh, but now we definitely see things happening at a very, very fast rate. And um, people in their daily life cannot appreciate that. Maybe some people will see that, you know, the summer might be hotter and the winter might be colder. But on another place in the world, people would argue that that's not the case, you know. So uh, that's not easy for um, people to agree on that that type of uh, things. But anyway, we are going to...
0: So I think it's actually um, worthwhile to uh, highlight this vision that you were describing that... We have, on the one hand, the paradigm, if we can call it like that, of just protecting the environment as a whole, as included there, but also other species and other elements, or just the vision on protecting the human uh, species, right? Yeah. And I actually, since, yeah, since long ago, even when I was not really very well aware on this problem of sustainability... I never really thought of the second type of the selfish uh, paradigm of Mm -hmm. sustainability. Um, For me, it always made sense just from the general point of view. But now that you mentioned that, I just think it's interesting that either of the two paradigms, it should lead humans to actually do something about it. Either if it's because of everything or if it's just because of us it should make uh, people think that they should do something right and and we're still going through this period in which people are sometimes no most of the times i would say they are just completely um, unaware or they don't care about taking any actions our habits are already uh, with our lives and we are, are already let's say having our routines and we find very hard the idea of changing.
1: Yeah, actually, about this, it has completely to do with the time scale process that we were talking about because since these processes don't tend not to affect the individual but probably will affect the future generation or the future couple generations, people don't feel the urge of acting. It's like when you, you know, you have a pain in your tooth, you want to fix it because you have the urge of the pain. But until you have the pain, you tend not to take care of the teeth as much as until you're actually sick, you know? So it's exactly the same thing. People are lazy and people, unless they are urged to do something, they tend to to neglect it.
0: Okay. Actually, so to start describing a little bit the actions that we've taken, I wanted to say that um, there is this big component of the discussion that a lot of the problems that we have have come from the industry and the capitalism taking over the resources that we have to exploit them actually in a bad way, in a non-sustainable way, right? So there is the, the, the analysis on how industries and, and the big uh, business should change their habits and their way of doing business. But then there is also the other component which comes from the people because everything is a complete chain. Everything is a complete network connected to each other. And we cannot expect only the big ones to change, but we also need to make some of those changes, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Just more in this direction than analyzing the other direction. Mm -hmm. Am I right?
1: Yeah, we're not industry, so (laughs) yes, I would say so.
0: All right, so um, let's actually tell people how we started changing some of our habits Mm -hmm. and the big uh, positive aspects that we brought because of those small changes. Uh, Do you want to describe the first part? Yeah,
1: and it's funny that you bring up this point because I actually think it's very tightly linked with the industry itself. Yes. Because um, uh, consumers, uh, if anything, from the economical point of view, can determine what the market offers by uh, what they buy, right? For example, for their purchase choices. And so, actually, uh, buying one product instead of another one makes a big difference in the long term, if many people do it, of course, yeah. um, uh, for the industry as well. So, that's exactly what you're saying. And one big choice that we decided to make already, what is it a year and a half ago, no, two I years,
0: think two more? years?
1: Mm-hmm. It's uh, to go towards a more and more uh, meat-free diet. Mm-hmm. Um, as you might be aware of, uh, meat consumptions and meat production, especially cattle, uh, pig and red meat in general. Uh, it's, it's a huge, uh, it uh, has a huge impact on, uh, on the global ecosystem. There are whole industries regarding um, just the, the, yeah, the growing of animals and um, uh, what they require to produce just the meat that we eat every day.
0: Let's try to be a bit more concrete on that so people can actually understand specifically why is a problem.
1: Well, um, we start from the fact that um, um, raising uh, cows, for example, is extremely inefficient. Uh, You need a huge amount of space uh, that would lead to deforestation of people actually cutting down trees because they need more space for cattle to actually uh, go around and eat grass and those kind of things. Second thing is that they require a huge amount of food. They eat on the grass, and a cow is—I don't know—it's a big, big animal that needs to constantly eat grass. So you need space for making them walk around, and you need to make grass, and uh, you need a lot of it to make uh, the, you know the equivalent of meat. So the, the process of transfer of energy is not very efficient, and far more, they also require much uh, a lot of water for both for the grass that they require and also what they drink. So everything uh, is basically extremely inefficient if you would compare to how much product you would get if you would use that space and that water for growing, for example, a cereal or whatever. That also is fundamental for our diet. So actually, uh, mostly from the space and the energetic point of view, it's extremely inefficient. Um, uh, Saving all the fact that meat is actually more expensive than vegetables, Saving the fact that red meat has been classified as cancerogenic, saving the fact that, uh, I don't know, what else? Uh, I don't know, do you have other things to add to the meat?
0: Um, no, but not, not from the uh, negative aspects of eating meat, but I did, wanted to, I did want to share that when we changed this habit, actually, I've never really been a big uh, beef consu- consumer, I have been a big uh, chicken and fish consumer but not really beef but we did discover how many more possibilities of dishes menus uh, ingredients you could explore just by dropping uh, meat consumption and with Marco we really discovered this whole new world on how to cook in a very interesting way many ingredients that we didn't consider before. So not only we think that with this change we're helping uh, the the environment in this way, but at the same time, it definitely brought a personal benefit, immediate personal benefit for us, which is actually what you were mentioning before that humans are looking for. They're looking for their immediate benefits, so that's why they don't think ahead. And actually reducing the meat consumption was not really just because of this altruist um, paradigm of protecting the environment, but it also gave us a very big benefit. So uh, th- that came very well from all of the directions, let's
1: say. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, we have to, let's say, highlight the fact that we're not talking about being strictly vegetarian yeah. or uh, even uh, even more strictly vegan. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about each of us should reduce the amount of meat, especially red meat consumption uh, per day or per week or per month or in their life. Yeah. Uh, that already makes a huge, a huge, huge, huge impact. Um, uh, white meats, uh, smaller fishes um, or meat anyway that come from sustainable farms or sustainable sources uh, that have a completely different impact on the environment so those are completely open and accessible for people to be eaten for. Yeah. Um, so it's also not about like you know make drastic choices in your real yes. life you can just adapt them uh, to what is more sustainable. Yeah. Meat, red meat is one of the things that you should probably start avoiding right now.
0: Yeah all right uh, let's actually talk about something that I personally have been very concerned about in the last years, which is food waste, and in general, in general, waste of water, waste of energy, etc. And I say that I've been more concerned about that now because I personally come from a third world country in which we grew up, we grow up with the mindset that food can just not be wasted. You don't throw away food. Why? Because we are a lot of people and there are a lot of people on the streets without anything to eat. So how is it possible that a person can afford throwing on the garbage anything that hasn't been eaten in the last two or three days? But when I came to Belgium, I realized that people actually do it. There is a lot of people who throw away food on the trash without even being a bit concerned about that, and then we have all this problem that we find I don't know tons, uh, big quantities of food on the trash every day, and people are still complaining that we we that, that the environment is going bad, that the climate is changing, that everything, but they're also not aware of that. So um my my personal point of view on that is i've I've never been a food waster i've never been able to even throw away on the trash one single thing but actually you marco you had to kind of change your opinion on that or a bit your habits about that so can you share a bit your experience like from not caring about food waste to caring about food waste
1: Yeah, it completely has to do with what we were saying before, which is as long as it doesn't affect your butt, you're not going to care. And that's why you would see this behavior in third world country in which the problem of food, the problem of water, the problem of money, of energy is so much more real that you cannot afford to, to, to run in those problems, right? But of course, coming from Europe, and of course, it's very family dependent and situation dependent, but... Uh, in Europe, as we are uh, uh, tend to be a richer part of the world, uh, we are less used to have this problem. Like less people in Europe suffer of food, uh, I don't know, uh, scarcity or mm-hmm. food uh, de- depletion or those type of problems. Mm-hmm. And so people, when they get used to abundance, they start getting used and say... Uh, yeah, I don't. Okay, I I cooked it, but then I left it too much in the fridge, and then it spoiled. Now it's not good anymore. Yeah, let's throw it away. What else can it be? It's only one time. Yeah. And then it becomes two time and three time. And if you're looking in in how much food you throw away in your lifetime, uh, you probably could have uh, you know uh, given food to half of the country uh, you know, of children over there. And how do so, you
0: then? Change your mind a little bit about that, or how did you become aware more?
1: Well, it doesn't take much time. It just takes about thinking about it, and in my case, it was of course uh, the chance that you gave me of uh, pointing that problem out. Okay. And uh, but it's obvious once you think about it, there is literally not reason why you should throw perfectly good food after the whole the whole journey you went through for the production. You know, you came from wherever place in the world, it took a lot of resources to grow. It took even more pollution to ship and travel, maybe by plane, maybe by ship to our country. And then uh, we buy it, we take it to the fridge, we consume all this energy to keep it, and then we end up forgetting about it. And then we just throw it away. We didn't even ever use it. And there's like so much waste in the whole chain of product that if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. So. It actually just needs to be pointed to at you, and you have to think about it and realize that it's really, really bad. And now, yeah, I go to a restaurant and I see maybe a child or these people that are not really think about it, and they they leave, they leave food in there in their in their plate, and then the restaurant just take it and throw it away. It actually hurts now. Yeah. And now I am paying attention to it. I cannot say that I'm the best at it, but we are definitely paying much more attention than before, and that's thanks to. Yeah, Yeah, just yeah, good sense and you pointed it out.
0: So actually, I did want to share like three specific things about about this. In uh, energy savings, basically what we can do, the best thing that we've been able to do so far is just, yeah, taking care on how many bulbs are uh, turned on at the same time. If we're not using some of the appliances, maybe we can just unplug them. Um, also, when we leave for more than one day, we try to unplug everything that is uh, electric, electronic in our house. So with this, we don't really have many other options. With water consumption, recently we have been discussing the topic on can we actually design some sort of a device or some setting in our house to save the water that we use for doing the dishes, and also to collect the water from the washing machine and using it for the toilet. So we are studying that um, possibility, but if somebody has already an opinion on that or an idea about how to do that, then we're very happy to hear that. And especially for food waste, uh, with Marco, we were trying to take this habit of actually checking every day in our kitchen in the cupboards and in the fridge what we have left there so even if it's not a cooked meal sometimes we just have a lot of different ingredients and just check what you have available in your fridge or in your cupboard and look for a recipe that contains that single ingredient that you haven't cooked in a long time so if you have some spices for instance that have been there for I don't know 6 months or 1 year and this not only reduces food waste because you're going to use what you have instead of buying new things but also gives you a lot of new ideas on how on which which things to cook that sometimes becomes a burden for people mm-hmm. right so this was a very good practice that we that we've been adopting in our lives
1: yeah i agree I would say that the second biggest um, action that people in general or we have been trying to do is uh, besides the meat consumption is also the reductions of consumable um, use and waste. Um, I I really realized as I started uh, for my job uh, traveling every day by train from a station of my city to the station of a bigger city, uh, just in like in the first hour of morning uh, how many people, for example, go to the coffee shop and take a takeaway coffee, right? That's a normal thing that most people do nowadays. And if you look at the number of plastic cups, plastic spoons, pl- plastic caps of the cups, mm-hmm. and the straws uh, the straws, and uh, plastic packaging in general of maybe a sandwich, maybe a, a drink or maybe, a, I don't know, a donut or whatever, if you look at the amount, the sheer amount of how many of those get sold in the you know in one hour or that morning in the rush hour it's really it's really it's really outstanding and uh, so one of the things that we really realize is that we need to at least personally prevent this like if i go every day uh, to my job and I take a coffee every day, I don't want to use a plastic spoon, a plastic cup and a plastic cover every morning, because that's really a lot of plastic. And so one thing that we need, for example, is that we actually bought some sort of a self-made kit home yep. that contains all the basic cutleries, contains a straw, that contains a spoon, that contains you know a, a cloth to clean your mouth, that I always carry with me in my backpack. And that allows me to, every time I drink a coffee, I can use the spoon to mix the sugar. and I can uh, drink a beverage with my straw, and I can use uh, my forks and my knives to eat in my uh, topperware, uh, so that I don't have to actively trash the thing. So the only thing I need to to throw away is uh, a a paper cup Cup. where the coffee is, but at least it's paper and it's not plastic.
0: It's not plastic.
1: And uh, yeah, I have to say that was also thanks to an idea that Valeria had. Actually, very nice innovation.
0: Yeah, this was actually a very nice practice, especially From the female point of view, because uh, I'm not the kind of girl who brings a purse all the time with a lot of makeup and those kind of stuff. And I actually found something useful to put in my purse, which is my little case with all my cutlery and 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 it's very nice to feel some sort of some sense of usefulness, you know, like. Um, this is something that deserves to be carried around with you and it saves you so much effort and it saves you so much waste and it doesn't cost you anything. So we really also invite people to adopt this practice because it's really worth it.
1: And of course, going along with that, it's the more broader general of uh, lowering the consumable consumption. For example, when you go to a supermarket, it's it's very easy to notice how everything is wrapped in plastic. Yeah. So one of the things that we try to do is as well select, for example, fruit and vegetables that come package free or choose, for example, um, cookies or other snacks that are maybe non-individually packed, but they are maybe packed in a group. Uh, A very interesting thing that they have here in Belgium that I personally hate is a single portion of rice that are wrapped in plastic because they're supposed to be easily cooked. But then you can also buy a big package of rice of two kilos that is just in a paper board and uh, that one doesn't have any plastic, for example. So that's an easy choice. Why would you even go for a plastic one? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, of course, uh, if uh, in your area there is also a total packaging-free shop uh, that generally is more expensive, but at least you can go there and you can try to, for example, start refilling your oil, you can start refilling your toothpaste, you can start refilling your um, soap for the hands. Uh, one other thing that we started doing to reduce plastic is to use uh, not uh, shampoos and soaps for the shower in the plastic compartments, but use bar soap that uh, helps mm-hmm. you also reduce it. Um, you also had a particularly f- uh, girly thing that you switched uh, regarding your period I don't know if you want to share that
0: uh, yes of course the, uh, I switched completely from uh, pads dispensable pads to the menstrual cap it's a very very big challenge for girls I accept that it's not an easy habit to adopt but it is possible it's still not impossible and it's not only more sustainable from the, the wasting point of view but it's so much more comfortable that i definitely invite women to try that
1: okay that's a very good point
0: point. and yeah let's i would suggest let's uh, try to wrap up with the challenges what are the main challenges that we're still facing what are the main constraints that we're still facing in our practices
1: Well, of course, uh, we're not perfect, and we're always trying to improve. So we definitely have a lot of habits that are always hard to break, and then we probably would like to, you know, to improve. Um, But we—it was funny how in our daily life we're also faced with situations that prevent your, even if you want, you know, to put your goodwill. Uh, those situations prevent you from um, trying to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And uh, one example that I can share for for my side is that I'm personally, uh, since I'm a PhD, I work in the lab uh, every day. And uh, working in a biological lab actually uh, requires a huge amount of consumables. And most people from the outside might not realize this, but uh, when you start thinking of, you know, uh, containers for uh, uh, reagents and uh, solutions. and you need to move liquids from one place to the other and you have to, I don't know, grow your cells or grow your animals in specific containers. Actually, a lot of this material has been um, developed in consumables, in plastics and uh, uh, paper and in wraps and in foils and all the stuff that are are very, of course... uh, uh, specific for uh, uh, biological and scientific use, but if you look at the amount, the sheer amount of plastic that we th- use and throw away even after we use it once, it's it's really impressive. So that's really a big contrast that I have a personal conflict that I have with my job that I kind of have to deal uh, day yeah. by day, and I honestly cannot do much about it because of course the scientific uh, accuracy depends also on these tools, so yeah. I cannot change it that much.
0: Yeah. In my case, two of my biggest challenges on our journey towards sustainability is the practices when I go to my parents' house, because for them it's still very hard, let's say, to change those practices, even if they think that they they should be done, they don't do it. And so I don't find an easy time recycling and separating the garbage or not using so much plastic. So my family, the, the practices of my family are a challenge. The second challenge is uh, transportation, international transportation, because we live here in Belgium, but I come from Colombia. So I don't have any other alternative to go there that is not an airplane. And if it's needed more than once a year because of an emergency or something, I still don't have any other option to opt for. So
1: yeah, and just to be clear if people are unaware actually using airplanes it's uh, it's it's a quite big uh, yeah. impact on your uh, let's say ecological footprint. Yeah. Because of the fuel mostly.
0: Yeah. And um, just as a small yeah, as a small challenge kind of I would say in all these shops when we want to go for a takeaway coffee or some takeaway food we still don't have the option of bringing our own um, containers or caps for the restaurants or for the places to fill them in. So we still have to accept their own plastic or their own containers. So that's again one challenge.
1: Yeah, so that was it. Basically that was our journey towards a better world and sustainability. Of course, that's our experience and that's uh, what the, the little things that we are trying to improve. But we, of course, welcome all possible suggestions. And if you have a better idea of what we're doing wrong or what we could be better, uh, please let us know. And um, yeah, that was it.
0: Yeah. And we hope that you guys adopt also small changes that really make a big change in your life and everybody else's life. Thank okay. you for listening.
1: See you next episode. Bye. This is Marco.
0: This is Valeria.